What is going on, everyone? Episode 69, Under the O, 69, episode 69 of the Patio Slip Podcast. No Greg Bergdorf in the house, but we do have Tony and Nate. What's up? Yo, yo. Yeah, I kind of feel bad, right? He's like, you got to bring me back on 69. Well, sorry, Greg, but we had him on, what, 64? Yep, five episodes so. ago. We'll have him on again. I mean, he's he's going to listen to this and be bummed. I hope. Yeah. I hope you're listening, Greg. <laughs> so if you are listening, you probably already follow us and subscribe, like, share, all that stuff. But if you don't do any of that, check us out at Patio Slave on Instagram, Twitter, Patio Slave Podcast at gmail.com for the email. Like, share, subscribe on Apple. Even though Apple, you know, deletes episodes, um, I don't know, maybe they're shadow banning us. Who knows? But anyway, <laughs> yeah, if you can on? find us, go for it. Yeah. Follow us, all that stuff. I'll give you some swag. I'll give you some Nate's nerdery. Come on. I need some people. We need <laughs> actually, some we're doing for that. Actually, it's we're actually doing lot, pretty yeah. good. Yep. No, we're doing pretty good, though, to be honest. Another humble brag. I feel like we're we're climbing the charts. We're, yeah, I would agree. I think we, we do a really good job in those spaces. I mean, we put stuff out daily. Uh, check us out on Twitter. We put stuff out there. Check us out on Instagram. We're putting out reels with different you know, nerdery collectible things that we have from our collection, so... Check us out on those spots and, you know, hit us up. DM. DM us. Throw out some of your nerdery. We love that stuff. Speaking of we love that stuff, we uh, we were a guest on another pod, right? We were. Am I imagining things? No, we were. It came out today. <laughs> the Itch. Uh, the Itch rocks. They uh, they um, were gracious enough to ask us on to talk about Jimmy World Bleed American turning 20 uh, in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, that was pretty cool. The Itchy and Scratchy show. No, just kidding. <laughs> just <laughs> just the itch. But yeah, they were cool to bring us on. And uh, you know, when we were doing it, when we were on the air with them, I was thinking like, this is similar to what it must feel like to be in a scene coming up at the same time and kind of opening for each other and supporting each other. Because, you know, we cross promote with them quite a bit. And uh, so when they asked us to come on, I was like, this is actually kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like, this is uh, a phenomenon. The whole podcast thing is a relatively new phenomenon, especially now. I mean, I know it started over a decade ago, but now it's really caught on a new fire and all of us are following our passion. And, you know, off air, we were talking about, man, we, we all kind of wish we had done it earlier, but the fact that we're executing on it now is is very special. So props to those guys to, to share the love. Aaron said something too that kind of on our, I don't know if it hit the air or not yet because we haven't heard it yet, but uh, we complement each other as shows. Like they, they do a couple True. different things than we do, and we do a couple different things than they do. But we're all kind of in the same vein. We all love music, and it's something that it's you know a through line for their friendship, Aaron, Casey, and Dan, and it's a through line for ours too. So uh, it's it was cool to like talk to people similar in age that do a lot of the same stuff and like a lot of the same stuff that we do, but like a lot of different stuff too, and you know hear their story behind how they became a podcast. And if you're looking for that episode, the formal name of the podcast is the Itch Rock Podcast, and on socials they are Itch Rocks. At least on on Twitter, it's at Itch Rocks. So if you're looking for it, you're gonna find it. So no excuses. <laughs> and bonus, we're on, so uh, everyone wins. But we had a good time with those guys, and I echo everything that you guys said in terms of a lot of parallels, but enough differences where there's something for everyone. And I think we Absolutely. hit it off with them. And uh, yeah, I was going to give something away from the episode, but I'm going to save it. You got to go, yeah, listen. go listen. Yeah, go listen. You got to go listen. Save it. You know what's weird? And I, I got to, the elef- there's an elephant in the room. 
Anthony and I are in the same room for the first time since last summer when Nate was home. Yes. So who's uh, the elephant? <laughs> so where's the elephant? Yeah. Oh, where's the elephant? <laughs> we're both in the backseat. Who the fuck is driving? Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're we're in the same room because my internet died. If you if you follow us on Twitter, you saw I posted that uh, we had this gnarly thunderstorm roll through, and I got home and my modem was fried. So. After trying to troubleshoot it for about a half an hour, I said, fuck this. And Twelve was like, come down. So here I am. Yeah, we're in the same room, which is really, it's its fun. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I was like, I got a solution, and it's only 20 minutes away, so <laughs> let's do this. Yeah, good point. Uh, and it's actually very cool from my perspective, because I feel like it's very JRE, Joe Rogan experience, and I'm like, Jamie, and you guys are the talent and the host, you know what I mean? <laughs> Nate, look that up for us. Yeah, can you? I was going to say, now you got to Google shit for us. Uh, <laughs> You're the new type, you. Yep. <laughs> I'm excited. Nate's home in a couple of weeks too, so we'll we'll do this hopefully all in person, the three of us again, like we did last summer. So that'll be fun too. But this is kind of a precursor to that, and you know, it might sound a little different just because we maybe we, maybe be even cleaner because we're next to each other and we can kind of have some cues. But yeah, it's 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 good to be back in person again. You know, nature is healing. Yep. Bigger, longer, and uncut. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we have some set lists, a couple set list items for you. The, I think we'll probably combine them. There was some new music announcements the last couple days that really piqued our interest. The first one being Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross working with Halsey, which I mean, I'm, I'm pumped. This, this, this could be really cool. Uh, I, I love Halsey randomly, which is it's one of those things that I just really, I, I think her voice is great. I like her music. It's not something I typically gravitate towards, but. Uh, we, when we talked about MGK last summer, when Tickets to My Downfall dropped, I was like, this would be great to hear, because she was on that, right? Uh, she, this would be great to hear Halsey do a whole record like this, but this is different but similar. Like, it's she's going to do something not in the norm for what, you know, a pop singer does. She's going to work with uh, Nine Inch Nails, so I'm sure it'll be a little darker. It'll be interesting to hear what they come up with. Uh, I'm sure you guys have thoughts, too, so what do you think? Yeah, I'm interested. I wonder how that's going to work out in terms of production or just writing songs. Are they, is she coming to them with a song or are they coming to her with a song? Is it a full on collab in drink real time or, you know, how does that play out? I, I'm very curious. Cause I know Trent's a very control freak in terms of how the music plays out. So if she's the talent and they're kind of like the rhythm section, I'm very curious how that, you know, how that's working behind the scenes. Well, it's funny you say that because, she, to me, has always been an artist that is just what you see is not really her. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's kind of a product of the machine. And actually, the MGK song, I feel like you got to see a little glimpse of a potential edge there. And maybe we're going to get that with this. And, the, you know, Trent's one of those guys, like, he he's not signing up for everything. So he must... Yeah. Either be being paid well or see something there that, you know, is beyond the pop and polish. That's my cons- conspiracy theory. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the tease. But I mean, the episode's probably named the conspiracy theory episode. So you may you may know what he's hinting at there. <laughs> uh, but I will check this out. And it's the kind of thing that I'm thinking about it in real time drink. <laughs> it will probably have some features. And I don't yeah. know that. That's just yeah. another guess. Like I, I feel like if they're gonna do this, there's probably gonna be something as they're curating the songs, and it's like you know what, this person has to be involved because they'll fill a, a gap in the song. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's that's a good prediction. 
I know Trent, that's the way Trent operates. He did with, with teeth, right? I think he was trying to get cer a certain drum sound. He's like, you know what? I'm not getting it. I'm going to call Dave Grohl. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. so smart man calls his, calls his friends. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, that, I think that's a good call. I think there will be more than just Halsey and Nine Inch Nails as they are currently constituted. We'll get all kinds of different people that want to work with both of those two. And I mean, I, the sky's the limit. And I, I think you mentioned this, Tuan, a couple weeks ago or last week, I can't remember. And Ryan Sinnott mentioned it on our episode with him that because of the pandemic, there have been people that are willing to change, you know, what they are a little bit or, or work with people that they maybe wouldn't have worked with before. And with the internet being so readily available for most people, excluding myself, uh, it's, it's great to see some genre bending going on. Right. Yeah. I've always loved it. You know, I come from the, the beer industry. So collabs are very prevalent in the beer industry and it's always been something that everyone really respects. You know, it's kind of the definition of unity and like, you know, you're good at this. I'm good at that. Let's, you know, combine our powers and put something out that's, you know, tasty or, you know, beautiful in terms of sound for music. So I'm all about it. I've always been all in. I think the collaboration is the coolest thing ever instead of competition. Like, why don't we just collab and put something out that we both can be super proud of? So I think you uh, might've made a giant prediction, Twan. Kind of want to put money on it. <laughs> well, uh, we'll fact check it in a year or something. Like we did with yeah. the clutch uh, live stream vinyl pressing that tone call. Oh yeah, we did. We called that, didn't we? Yep, yep. Well, this this will be cut up. It'll be put next to it happening. So uh, yeah, good for us. <laughs> I'm gonna pat ourselves on the back right now. All right, let, let's uh, take guesses. Will Trent vocally be on this record? Ooh, that's a good. That's a good question. Mm, I'm gonna go no on this. I think. I I agree with Nate, but I want it to be a yes so bad. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a no. I think he'll just be the the you know the the puppet master pulling the strings on the back end. But I want to hear it. I definitely want to hear that. Hopefully they give us a one off, maybe like uh, from that from the recording session, maybe on the deluxe edition down the road or the vinyl for record store day. We get like a three song EP of just the two of them. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, an album worth of B sides. You mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Actually, did you call that Nate? <laughs> The album worth the B-sides, yeah. I us, us nerds will buy it, I think you, you said. Us nerds will definitely buy it. What was the other one we had? It was uh, Aaron Dessner of The National, right? Who'd been working with Taylor Swift a lot last year. Bunny Bear, Justin Vernon also working with Taylor Swift a little bit. They're putting out another album under the name Big Red Machine, which they've done before, I guess. I, I didn't know this until t this week. With a lot of features, Fleet Foxes, uh, Nace Mitchell... And Taylor Swift. So I'm with what they did last year on on Taylor's record. I'm excited to hear this. 2019 Tony probably is like whatever, but 2021 Tony has evolved, and we'll listen to anything. So yeah, I'm this this intrigues me too. Probably not as much as the the Halsey and Nine Inch Nails situation, but I'm definitely uh, this is something I'll I'll check out for sure. Is 2021 Tony Pitchfork Tony? He might be. <laughs> Damn, what a, become what you hate. <laughs> I don't hate Pitchfork. I'm, I'm mostly kidding. So I didn't, I'm with you. I didn't know that they had an album before this. You sent a link and it had a clip, right? It had a, yeah. yep. which was largely instrumental or was it all in? No, there was, there was uh yeah, it was uh, the song with the Nace Mitchell. It's called, oh boy, I'll have to look it up. But it was good. It had, it was totally chill and it fit a relaxing vibe kind of moment thing, which again, I'm 
mostly on the chaotic side when it comes to music, but there's a time and a place for everything. You know, we talked about that pure noise lo-fi album. Like I'm here for that too. So I'm, I'm all over the map and I liked what I heard. And at the end of the day, like when you get really these music brainiacs in a room, like usually the product's pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, see folklore, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> exactly. No, that, that flipped, uh, my whole situation on its head in terms of Taylor Swift. I didn't dislike her music. I just never gave her the time of day. And now I'm a fan, you know, um, seems like they're keeping that legacy going with this and, you know, they've done more than a few songs together. So that's obviously going to permeate between both their respective fan bases for Bonnie, Bonnie Vare and, uh, Taylor Swift. And if they continue that legacy, awesome. They really should just put out a full on album, just them two, even at this point. That'd be cool. But yeah. I feel like they're best friends. Yeah. They should just get married. One <laughs> and uh, and Aaron from the National too. I mean, he's yeah. and I, we've talked we talked about this before we get on. I don't think any of us are huge National fans, but I I do like what he's doing with Taylor. So I'm like, okay, like maybe I should go back and check that out because I know they were Boxer was really big. It's it's a, it's older now, but it, it's, it was a blind spot for me in the moment. Maybe you know, again, maybe 2021 Tony likes that. Who knows? Yeah, blind spot for me. I knew they that album and maybe the one after that was big in the college radio scene like massive like people worshiped them and even people that i know from heavier music scene are big into the national which mm-hmm. i don't know maybe the, like i said we said on a previous episode like maybe the joke's on me like 2021 pitchfork anthony might be into <laughs> it yeah for me they kind of passed I kind of, you know, they passed me by a few times as well, but I have a good friend out here. Shout out to Ken. He's a huge, huge national fan. Hi, hi Ken. Hey, Ken. And it's always nice <laughs> Ken to 2012. Get... Is... Oh, is that his name? Ken 2012. <laughs> it's always nice to get uh, something personally recommended, you know, and I do check it out, Tone, just so you know. So oh, it you, does Only happen. when Ken sends it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nate has like an algorithm. Is your name, if Ken, yeah. proceed with checking out, if Tony, <laughs> yeah. revisit in two years. Forget about it. I should have wrote it down, bro. I'm sorry. Uh, I love it. Uh, also, I've got to give Nate. I got to give you credit. Early on in the podcast days, I would interrupt you, like I just did, and you would completely lose your train of thought. And now you're like on it, bro. Like I got to. You're just like ah, screw him. I'm gonna plow through my point anyway. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I get more clarity now. I don't know what it is. Training for a marathon. Maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. I'm okay. More clear headed. I'm stoked for that. I cannot wait. <laughs> Which one are you going to run, man? Do you know? Yeah, it's a very gradual process. It's mainly just to just to challenge myself. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to jump right into a marathon, but it's okay, really just right. to train in the morning, work during the day, pot at night kind of thing. You know, like you guys know I have so much time, so I figured out. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you've got a lot of free time. <laughs> yeah, what can I do in the morning? <laughs> so National Bonavere Collabo, I'm here for it. Yeah, interesting. Stuff to check out. <laughs> so Nate... What are we going to talk for the main segment? Yeah, this is something I brought to the table. I think everyone kind of, not everyone, but a lot of people kind of went down the rabbit hole during COVID with uh, conspiracy theories, just because everyone had so much time. There was so much screen time being home all the time. And uh, conspiracy theories, there's so many of them. Some are coming true, right? UFOs are officially real. Yes. According to the government. So Tom DeLonge was uh, not fucking around the whole time, which is... Very interesting. So it dawned on me that there's there must be a lot of conspiracy theories associated with the music industry 
whether it's just completely random or something that's been highly publicized. And uh, I figured we could kind of, you know, bring some to the table and hash them out here on, on the podcast because some are, I mean, the ones I brought are literally, you know, just off the charts. Like no one's ever discussed any of these before that I can, that I know of. Um, and we've discussed conspiracy theories a little bit in regards to Ticketmaster and the verified fan thing. So yeah, I wanted to kind of jump on here and, and chat about that for a little bit. And I'll say these could be, as Nate said, bring your own conspiracy theories. And then they could be, I don't think any of us are going to bring well-known ones, but I brought one that's lesser known that ties to artists we've talked about, which I don't think you know about them. And that's kind of why I actually, I could have just positioned it as my own. (laughs) I should have, I I just spilled the beans, but I do have one that's kind of my own brainchild, which is probably, well, no teasers. You got anything to add to him before we get into I struggle with this, not going to lie, full disclosure. Uh, typically, I'm I'm on it and have ideas for most of the things we come up with, but this is one I think I'm going to have to react to in the moment and hope hope one hits me, but I, I'm i sure I'll come up with something. That's good, though. I mean, it's, it's good to not be a conspiracy theorist because then you lose all your time. You have no time when you do all that stuff. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> fairly well adjusted, I would I would say. <laughs> I don't, I'm not worried about, I'm not, you know, old man yells at cloud. Uh, I, I am, uh, I'm not going to bring Courtney Love was killed by Kurt Cobain. Like, don't worry, we're not doing that tonight. Uh, I'm not, you know, Paul, Paul McCartney died in 1966. Not going to do that one. Like, you're not going to hear the same old tried and true crap that is out there for, has been out there for years. Stevie Wonder, he's not blind. Like, we, we won't do that stuff. <laughs> but those are all true. No. Yeah. <laughs> Stevie Wonder not being blind. I have seen video. Maybe, maybe it is true. I, uh... Now that we say Stevie Wonder, there is like a internet meme that when um, a photo is not available, people respond with "can't see shit." The Stevie Wonder <laughs> meme. Wow, uh, that's back in the e bombs world days. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yep. oh wow, e bombs world. I haven't heard that in a really long time. It's awesome. All right, Nate, you brought this to the table. You're starting us off. Okay, sounds good to me. Well, here's one that kind of popped in my head a few weeks ago when I was initially bringing this up to the group text, which is uh, us three kind of throwing down ideas or just... That's not your group text with Ken? Nope. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ken's not as uh, savvy, I guess, in that sense. But um, yeah, this one kind of just like light bulb moment, you know what I mean? I was just listening to music on the road and uh, thought of this one. They were talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing is is a, a little controversial because there's a lot of artists, well-regarded artists, that have not made it in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it's a, you know, it's a system where once you're in, you're able to vote for, you know, all your favorite bands and kind of have a say in how that system works, or is it? And that's kind of where I'm going with the whole conspiracy theory segment is where how does that really work internally? We don't know because we're not part of it. We all know that the music industry is not the cleanest. You know, I think we talked about it last episode. There's a lot of payola that happens. There's a lot of favoritism. There's lots of who do you know, what do you know kind of thing. And um, something that really just like dawned on me with the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing is Rage Against the Machine. Yep, they're not. We're mentioning it on this episode as always. We did it, yes. Drink. Yes, drink. They were supposed to tour, right? Before COVID. Mm-hmm. And yep. then they got nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but they didn't get in. And I thought, wow, how does that, how is that possible? Like everyone respects this band, everyone from every genre. I mean, 
I've seen tweets from Jimmy Page, like him saying like it's one of the best concerts he's ever seen in his life. Like it just seems very bizarre that they didn't make the cut, but they postponed their tour and I'm thinking, okay, this is a business play. It's not on the band, but it's definitely on maybe management or whatever as a conspiracy theory that if their tour got postponed to next year, are they going to get nominated again next year to coincide with the tour? And what I mean by this is you watch, I'm going to compare this to like the Olympics or something. A lot of the times they'll spotlight an artist or sorry, spotlight an athlete and that athlete ends up winning, you know, whatever race or whatever. And it just seems very programmed. And that's the way I saw this. I'm like, oh, okay, they delayed this tour pretty far out. Like this tour, I think a few episodes or quite a few episodes ago, I was talking about how I was buying tickets to this upcoming tour. As soon as they didn't make it in, they were nominated, but they didn't quite make the cut. I was like, okay, this is just seems too convenient that they're going to make it in maybe next year. And to tie it all together, you know that eventually when they do make it, it's going to be chaos. Zach DeLaRocca is going to make the most iconic speech ever in the Rock, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it's just going to like light the place on fire. So it's almost like a half liability, half like this is going to sell more records, half like, you know, let's put this all together. Let's package this all for 2022. It's just not quite ready for 2021 yet okay yeah conspiracy so that (laughs) i think twan and i have the same thought (laughs) well no i mean i it what okay so what you said about you don't know what the ingredients are to get into the hall of fame you know and it makes me think of like how much of it is on the artist and their management to lobby for it yep yes and i don't think they give a fuck about it they don't care is that what you is that that was your thought? I don't think they care. I don't think. Finish your thought, and then I'll tell you what I think. But no, yeah, I, mean, that, I don't that, think they that, care about that. That's the gist of it. Like, I gotta believe. Like, when you go for, apply for a job, like half of it's your persistence and obviously your qualifications. But like, they're gonna know if you don't want the gig. You know what I mean? Like, they can see the mm-hmm. hunger or whatever. I almost feel like that's it. Where it's like, hey, we didn't get in. Like. Oh, it's almost like, all right, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that's my thought. Uh, I That is part of my thought. The other part of my thought is, okay, so they were supposed to go on tour, and you're, you're like saying it should link up with going on tour. Do you think that's for monetary gain, Nate? Yes, definitely. Like, what I'm saying is it's not. It's definitely not the band, but I think it's whoever pulls the strings behind it. Like, okay, hey, we didn't, like, as the band, we didn't make it, and they're, they're probably, like you said, they don't care. Like, oh, shit, even if we got it, we wouldn't even show up kind of thing. But the management is working in tandem with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, hey, let's put them in next year because like we'll be on tour at that point and it'll coincide great for you know the promotion leading up to these things. That's just so not Rage Against the Machine. As a band, for sure. But as the label, I mean, they were on Epic Records. You know what I mean? Right. But, but I were. mean, okay. So they haven't put a new album out in 22 years, right? 99? Wow. Yeah. 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 First of all. Secondly... They go on tour. They're gonna sell stuff out. Like whether or not their rock and roll hall of fame is is knocking. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. th- this is why. And I'm not gonna try to poke holes, but like what I do think is it's beneficial for the rock hall of fame, rock and roll hall of fame, to push them to next year. I don't think it has anything to do with the band or them moving units. Do you know what I mean? I think they're gonna move units either way. Yeah. And it, it ultimately still ties back to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's the conspiracy theory is still the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, not necessarily, you know, Rage Against the Machines, whatever they're under, Q Prime or whoever managed this then and like them pulling the strings. It's more Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like, ooh, we should actually delay this because then it'll 
work together with their tour perfectly. You know, so let's let's put this on the table for now. I can see that on the rock rock, rock and roll Hall of Fame side. I do not see that yeah. on the band side at all, or no, even definitely. the band's management. I think they would tell the management to fuck off. Oh, for sure. Well, no, yeah. I don't know. When money's involved, money talks. Yeah, maybe not. That's walks. true. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the other thing is, like, I, I'd love to say, yeah, they're going to go, and Zach's going to give an amazing speech, but that that hasn't been him over the years either. <laughs> so I know. Like, ugh, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Tom Morello might. I could totally see him doing it, going and giving yeah. an amazing speech, because, I mean, he, he doesn't shy away from the spotlight. He's always been kind of present. Oh, totally. I mean, that's a great point, because the only time that Zach speaks is on stage, one, or two, early in the career. All those, like, early in his uh, career, all those, like, iconic interviews are, he's so young. He's, like, fresh out of Inside Out, and it's really around the self-titled era. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Maybe he's, I don't know, like, it it's, intrigues me, like, what Zach we're going to get at like Boston calling. You know right, what I mean? Like right, yeah. I want to go. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I can pull that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could go multiple ways. He and so Zach DeLaRocca inducted Patty Smith into the rock and roll hall of fame. So he has been in that room before. Hmm, interesting. And that's a little off radar for him to even do that in the first place. He must have a huge admiration for Patty Smith, but to the point where I, I was thinking like, if this happens, he's going to make an iconic speech mainly because of the state of the world. You know what I mean? the amount of transparency and just utter chaos with you know the government, not only in this country, but on an international scale and just so many things that are very obvious that we're seeing like, okay, all kind of a lot of them tying to conspiracy theories, right? Or even things that Rage Against the Machine were talking about as a band in their heyday are kind of coming true now. I just feel like, okay, so if this happens, you know, conspiracy theory aside, and they actually do get inducted, I feel like if Zach does make a speech, he's just gonna, he's just gonna go all out and say. He inducted <laughs> Patti Smith? Yeah. I'm surprised that wasn't Bruce. Yeah. Interesting. They might have both been there, but yeah. Oh, I'm sure Bruce is there. I mean, yeah. Bruce doesn't shy away from it either. <laughs> no, but you're right with Tom. Tom would be the vocal one if if not Zach, because I mean, he even has like, he has like three shows on SiriusXM and he's very active for sure. I mean, the conspiracy in itself is what goes into the whole getting in is a conspiracy of itself. Maybe we'll do it. Yeah. A- yeah. Yep. R&R Hall of Fame episode at some point. We talked about it a little bit with the itch. I don't know if it made it to the to the uh, the podcast, but I mean, they they did a whole episode on it too. It's it's shady. It feels shady to me. I mean, if they were nominated this year, they should have gotten in. <laughs> like, what are we yeah. talking about here? Like, they're not one of the most influential, iconic uh, hard rock or you know adjacent bands ever. They they're not exactly. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, who the fuck are you kidding? Who is like who's getting in? And right. the, you know what yeah. I mean. I yeah. would think they'd be first ballot. And me too. It kind of reminds me of the, the Grammys. Like I was listening to the Joe Budden podcast for a while, and he was Grammy nominated. I think for Pump It Up. So he would get a ballot because he was a nomination. And I think Greg Bergdorf, right? Greg. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Like you're giving ballots to people that may or may not be even in tune with music anymore. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm just curious how what the formula is for the Hall of Fame. I assume it's a little more structured. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, it seems it seems like it's not always on the pulse of what's going on. <laughs> right. You know, it's it's the like sometimes it's the Hall of Very Good. Sometimes it's the it's not rock and roll at all. So who knows, man? I 
I don't live in a world where Rage Against the Machine wouldn't be a first ballot Hall of Famer. We obviously, if you listen to us and you know, we've talked about them numerous times. They're one of our favorite bands collectively. They should be in, but you know, maybe there's something to the Rock Hall being like, let's push this to when they're on tour so we can like make something, make it a bigger deal for us. I could see that for sure. Mm-hmm. That's mainly what I was saying. I was definitely not saying it was on the band. Maybe their management working behind the scenes with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to delay it for monetary gain reasons, but yeah. definitely not like not like Zach Taylor, like Zach. If we delay this next year, we'll all make more money. I don't think he's like, oh yeah. I don't think he's like, let's do that. You know, I doubt that. Really doubt that. In fact, I would, I would bet against that not being the case at all. Yeah, I mean, we could just do a conspiracy theory episode on just the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, as oh, yeah. as just that, right? Yeah, it's it's a very complicated issue. But yeah, that was the first one that came to mind. I know it's a little it's a little spread out, but that's it. Ultimately, comes down to how do these things work, and how the hell, like you said, tone was rage not in the rock and roll hall of fame it's like yeah if you compare it to like the you know the baseball hall of fame it's like well pete rose didn't get in we all know why rage against the machine net didn't get in but like there's no reason to it you know did they really get outvoted by ll cool j maybe i mean who knows yeah i mean it all depends on who was in the in in that class and yeah i'd have to look at it but man i mean you'd have to think it would likely be someone that maybe started around the same time and i'm trying to think of I'd have to look it up, but well, they've been around for more than twenty-five years, right? They've been around for closer to thirty, right? Yeah, and you have—it's twenty-five years before you're eligible. Yeah, yeah. So, how many years now have they not gotten in? Like, that's weird too. Good start, Nate. I got one. That's good. That's good. <laughs> you guys excited? So, I got one. I'm gonna give a caveat because the the conspiracy theory—it's not overly positive. But it's also not a diss. It's more of an observation of what I perceive to be a reality. And the the other caveat here is I love this artist. I love it. Like he he solo artist has put out three albums. The first two are great. I mean, truly great for the genre. The third one kind of lost me a little bit. Any guesses on the artists hmm. within the last five six years? Give me another hint. Nineties OG or. <laughs> Uh, mid 2010, no, mid to late 2010s OG. Hmm. I got nothing. The artist is Post Malone. Ooh, ooh, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. So Post gets a lot of shit, you know, for whatever reason. I happen to gravitate to him. I I do love his music. The last album, Hollywood's Bleeding, kind of lost me a little bit. But my conspiracy theory is this. He is an industry plant, and not in the typical plant, like... Hey, I'm a label. I'm looking for a certain type of artist. I'm going to groom them to be a rock star, no pun intended. I'm saying this he is a industry plant on steroids to the point that I'm not I don't even know what label he's on, but they had think of it like a movie where they had a whole movie written and they casted for a specific actor, like a specific role. My theory is that he literally applied for that. They wanted a young, talented, kind of bad boy with an edge. I think Stoney was written. I think he applied for it, and I think it just happened to work for everyone because I don't think at surface level that you might kind of get that. But do you want to? You guys want to react to that, or I have like additional. I I mean I have comments I have a, to support that theory. I have. I have a thought. Yeah, let's let's hear it. 
And it's just Justin Bieber pitched down. Because <laughs> there's that float around the internet too, right? They do sound sort of the same yep. if you listen to some of Bieber's stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's a good call. I mean, it does fit the narrative. It does fit the kind of mold of what an industry plant would look like. Uh, right down to the genre of music that, that's as big as it has become. Uh, you know, hip-hop-ish, but with like a little bit of a rock edge, but not too much. You know, it's not new metal per se, but it's, uh, yeah, and with some R&B kind of mixed in, that's kind of what's hot right now, and it has been for, you know, the better part of a decade, so. And I'm with you. I love him. I love the music. It must be written for for everybody, that type of thing, which also leads to it being industry plantish. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I agree, I think. And it's Bieber. Just pitch down. <laughs> so I'm not well-versed in post Malone. But one thing that I always associate with an industry plant is if there's no backlog of the, of the upcoming, like he didn't, he didn't play any clubs, right? He didn't do any small, small, small rooms before he's like playing out these arenas and stuff. So that, or did he, that's kind of one of my, I have like a, I have three things I want to hit, which kind of support this. But yeah, the first one is literally that Nate, like he dropped white Iverson in 2015 and then Stoney comes out a year later, a year later, and it's ripe with features. Mm. Two Chains, yeah. Bieber, Kehlani. Um, Quavo. Quavo. Like, those songs were fucking written already. They had to have been. And to your point, Nate, uh, he had one, well, I can't say that definitively. I think he had some stuff on SoundCloud when he was in his late teens. And then I think when he was like 20, 19, 20, White Iverson breaks through on YouTube. Actually, I think it was in, uh, on SoundCloud, then YouTube. But no, he wasn't... I I don't even know if he played out. He he didn't play out in... I mean, he came through to Portland in, what, 2016, 2017, supporting Fat Joe. So he... But before that, was he selling out rooms? I don't think so. Right, yeah. There's not a ton of, like... Post Malone played, you know, this tiny little 200-cap room across the country in those types of places. That didn't... There wasn't nope. a, there's not a ton of that. Like Lil Dicky, he he did tour. Like he toured. It took a while, but you know that whole story is chronicled on Dave. But I don't know. He just came to mind. But sorry, Nate. I thought of him too, actually. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's kind of a both those points you made, and especially all the special guests on the album number two. Um, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast today with uh, Quentin Tarantino, and he's talking about movies that he's or sorry essentially books that he's writing that he turns into movies and who he wants for those parts to your point where, Oh, this is perfect for this guy and this guy and this guy. Well, there's another element to that. You have to have those people available to even be in the movie and same thing with music. They might be tied up with a different contract. They may not even know who the guy is. It seems like that if everyone's lined up like that, like you have to have a lot, a big team thrown some big money to secure talent to be on that record because it's pretty complicated. You have multiple artists, on an album with different labels. That means it's revenue share, like it gets super complicated. I remember, uh, sorry to kind of go back and forth here, but Velvet Revolver, they had to drop the album on two different labels because of some of the guys were from GNR, some were from STP, right? So you have, it's like a bidding war on who gets the first, who gets the second. So with all these special guests just lined up on album two, like that's, I mean, that's almost like the red flag right there, I think. Yeah, and like if you kind of dig into his history, he, I don't know if he was in the band or he tried out for the, I think they're like kind of a metalcore adjacent band, Crown the Empire. Like he was Mm -hmm. a guitar player and obviously he can sing. Like that's, and and this isn't meant to be a diss because 
I'll be honest with you, if this is true, he's the perfect character for the role. Like he he yeah. nails it. And there's not many artists in that world that I would wait till midnight on release night yep. to listen to. And he's one of them. So it's not meant to be a diss. It's just like, there's just something about this. And the other, actually we touched upon the, the two, two of the three things I wanted to bring up. One was just the fact that the first full length dropped so quick after he came out. Two was the fact that it's ripe with features. But three is, I remember catching this like the first time I listened to that first Stony album is near the end of the album, he goes, it's like a little interlude. He goes, time for a Bud Light break. And it's oh, the shit. most blatant product placement right. in the world. Like who's fucking promoting, you know, unless you're paid, like who's well, promoting Bud Light? And he's rapped about it a couple times in other spots too yeah. since. Like Bud Light in my piss, you know, stuff That's like it. that. Yeah. <laughs> He, he's he, it fits and I hadn't thought of it that way and now I'm like damn was I just being sold to this then, whole time <laughs> you're drinking Bud Light there. I'm not I am you're right <laughs> holy shit I'm drinking a Bud Light Lime wow oh man <laughs> you win nerd voyance <laughs> but like I mean it, it's in, in especially hip hop and rap it's chronicled of all the references like Prada or you know I mean you can google it how many times has Gucci been whatever but this is one like that's a little left to center that there's obviously payola involved. And I don't think he chose that beer. I, I just don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cons- conspiracy tinfoil hat. I just don't see it. I like that. <laughs> Where is he from? Te- Texas. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's a ca- big Cowboys fan. He raps with the Cowboys. I mean, and that's another yeah. thing. Are they in cahoots with the NFL to sell Cowboys gear? America's team. Holy shit, man. We blew the top off this thing. <laughs> Well, it's funny you say the Bud Light thing, because that was actually where I was going to go, if you didn't mention it, was that's where I know, you know, sad, sad but true, that's where I know Post Malone, you know, kind of in my face all the time is through Bud Light. The commercials and the advertisement and the product placement is just so consistent. I'm like, man, like Bud Light was like a failing macro beer company in terms of like the younger audience for a very long time. You know, like people were going craft or they were going, if any kind of macro, they would go maybe Miller. Um, this is speaking pretty general and subjective because I don't really like Bud Light, but you know, the movement in terms of young generations picking up beer, well, now it's like not even beer, right? Now it's like seltzer, but it was definitely not Bud Light. So when I saw him sporting Bud Light, I'm like, this guy is definitely getting paid because right. their you know, their stock's <laughs> going down. They need someone yeah. to pump it up. So I could I could vouch for that all day just just because it doesn't add up, doesn't make sense. Like maybe something that people are like something that's actually trending, white claw being the one, the number one right now, you know. So, but yeah, if it's in the songs too, that's just ridiculous. So, are you saying that there's a there's a another semi hip hop slash R and B artist being com, com, uh, made in the lab right now <laughs> that's gonna be, love White Claw and rap about White Claw, Nate? <laughs> Not even White Claw. The next thing after White Claw. That's, oh, okay. that's the way it should be done. It should be something that's new and up up and coming. Not a. I mean, Bud Light's a legacy brand, right? Well, so. that's the reason it was Bud Light because they were like, like as you said, that people were going craft. Uh, the younger generation's not really drinking it, but I mean, if you've got some money to spend and you want to get your name in songs that are going to get spun everywhere for a long time, not a bad idea. Yeah, and and the reality is like you can't discount the impact that something like that has. And I'll use, I actually don't even know who it was. There was a soccer player recently that on his press conference, he had, I think it, 
I think it was Coca-Cola. He took the can or bottle off the counter and the stock dropped. <laughs> I don't know. Not a lot of details there, but I remember seeing the headline like, damn, that's crazy. Well, you, you hear that stuff, stuff like that all the time with product placement or with uh, mentions by somebody huge. Like even Taylor Swift, like you just she just says something and the, the, the stock price goes through the roof for a day or half a day, depending on what the, you know, the product is. That happens all the time with big, big names. And we're probably being sold to that way more than we think we are. And I know we're all like way more hypersensitive to it today than we were 15 years ago. But that's definitely happening. Uh, and subtle more subtly than we can think of at times i'm sure and this might be one of those situations where it was through music that i liked i'm like shit man i heard a post malone song at dinner tonight too and i ended up buying bud light like what the (laughs) fuck is happening (laughs) oh man i'm not in control (laughs) so we i mean we don't talk a lot about that scene but i i don't know real recognizes real i guess and i i i do love post malone i mean i've seen him live i saw him when i was in australia i went out of my way to see him go check episode eight for that story <laughs> yeah i think we talked about I that i think we, we did yeah, yeah. was that eminem i can't remember it might have been both oh, it was eminem yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> so do we want to jump to nate or tone do you have one nate you got one yeah no, keep it going, keep it going. Because eventually I think you're going to come up with something. But here is another uh, reel back to someone we were talking about earlier. I think we've talked about this a little bit, just us three, but it, I've been thinking about it nonstop because it just I can't let it go. It just almost kind of bugs me, to be honest. Is uh, Taylor Swift and her autographed CDs that you're seeing in record stores. Um, anyone that visits record stores, you might see that it's kind of a limited item, um, limited quantity. You're lucky if you get one. There's a record store here in Encinitas that has them right at the register. It's one per customer kind of thing. And I've almost bought one a few times because I collect autographs. But the reason I don't is because unless I get the autograph firsthand, I'm always a little weary that it's a fake. But this is coming from the label. So the conspiracy is is essentially this. A, the record's sealed. So are they? she's signing the CDs and then they're sealing them. I guess that's possible. And it's just shrink wrap. It's not that hard. But the main conspiracy theory is the fact that someone that big someone that wealthy isn't signing all these cds i mean you go to a meet and greet and eventually you get to the you know 80th you know 800th person in line like the artist is not pumped to be signing cds it's very much a task it's i mean you get probably carpal tunnel doing after a while you know so my whole theory is a she's not signing these cds at all b this is just another way to get more record sales and c the cost of goods or cogs on CDs and the product itself is just such a secondary thought at this point that they're just essentially utilizing the cheap cost of goods and pumping out product for, I mean, it was already so cheap to make a CD in the first place. And now it's probably fractions of a penny. And when I talked to my guy here at the record store, he's like, are these selling? I mean, they still have a few. Every other record store I go to, they're always sold out. He's like, yeah, they buy the CD, the vinyl, and they also download it. So it's just, it's a three multiplier on that album. And so it's just like a compounding money, 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 money. But out of all places, or out of all people, Taylor Swift. So the main conspiracy theory is pretty simple. It's she's not signing these fucking CDs. (laughs) I think you might be right there, honestly, because you're right. They're everywhere. I mean, I've seen them here. uh, My wife bought me Evermore signed when she was in Burlington, Vermont a couple weeks back because she knew I was a fan and uh, saw it was signed and thought that was cool. And I mean, it's it's something that I would never have picked up otherwise. 
or she would never have picked up for me otherwise. Because, there you go. Yeah. So you're right, Nate. <laughs> That's the reason that people are grabbing it off the shelf. So do we know how many signed copies are out there? Because that, that would be the tip off for me. Mm-hmm. Do we know? That's a good one. I don't actually know the specifics on I that. You were but I you that know up that... for us, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> I, look at I don't know this. I don't know the specifics on that, mainly because it keeps changing. Because every time my local record store, they get a batch, they talk about it on Instagram, it sells out. Then they get a new batch, sells out. They get a new batch. So it's almost like unless she's like literally getting um, pallets of CDs sent to her mansion, and she's out there like literally till 7 in the morning just signing CDs nonstop, okay, next shipment. Yeah, right. Someone making that kind of money that's like they're just trying to make her albums go diamond. Is what it ultimately comes down to. There's no more diamond selling albums anymore. CDs are cheap, kind of like vinyl. The plants are probably going to close. It's probably like the last straw. It's like, hey, like we will take Taylor Swift, pay us, you know, under cost of doing business, like whatever. Well, it's just we just need to get rid of these jewel cases at this point. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, right. This is all a grand conspiracy to get rid of jewel cases. <laughs> you're, I think you're right though. The diamond album thing is a great call because she's somebody that just wants to be in the news and for good reason it's it uh, streams are up when that happens money in her pocket when that happens so for her to be selling cds that otherwise wouldn't be sold to you know further get towards uh, a diamond selling record or even platinum at this point because that doesn't happen a lot anymore right uh it, it would be massive like oh taylor swift's the first that uh Folklore is the first album to go platinum in such and such years. Like that, that would make news. And again, oh, I should go listen to Taylor Swift. Like the same thing's going to happen. It's just this snake eating its tail situation. That's, yeah, man, I think that's a great call. That's, that's a good one. And it actually spawned one in my head. So I'm kind of excited. Oh, perfect. So I, I was thinking in my head what the cutoff would be for her to le- legitimately sign them in someone who's in that demand. Honestly, the number's low. Like, if there's more than a 1,000 of these out there, I don't think she's signing them. And I know, like, mm-hmm. to kind of adjacent nerd- nerdery here to bring in, like, sports cards, there's on-card autos, which is rare. But then what they do is they, they have stickers that they have athletes sign. And you'll notice a lot of them, the artists are signing off of the sticker. Mm-hmm. So if you can get a, the autograph that's completely contained in the sticker, it's it's, like, rare, quote-unquote. Because they're just literally just putting the Sharpie, next one, next one. You know what I mean? So I don't know, like, we could probably honestly dissect the autograph Mm -hmm. to see if, I mean, if you're signing, think think about actually sitting in front of a thousand CDs and signing those. Your arm would be dead. So I don't think she's signing them. There's no way. There's no way. She did put out a statement saying you, you, some of these might have cat hair on them, like from her cats, oh, which okay. is total bullshit. Total bullshit. Or you sign them in your house, like right? That's not happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how long would it take you to do one? Ten seconds. Yeah, but if you're doing, I mean, these are all over the world, right? So it would take forever. Yeah, they're all over the world. They keep recu- They keep re-upping every time my local record store. It's like it's not, it's not really a limited thing because they just keep coming in. It's Sharpie on the booklet, so it is a real signature. But yeah, it just it literally makes no sense on top of the fact the unit price, it's not even high premium. It's like twelve ninety nine, like a CD. Right. You know? Yeah. And these, so these no started popping up last summer, last August too. So for them to not have an exclusivity and number is odd to me. Like yeah. one of two thousand. 
Like, because that's what happens with a lot of this stuff nowadays is you get, I got one of 25, I've got one of 50, one of 100, whatever. Uh, one of 2,500. Like, that makes sense. And it becomes, maybe you sell it for a couple more dollars. But I think this, this lends credence to Nate's, I want this album to go platinum or diamond. So let's sign as, sign in quotation marks as many as we can, get them on the shelves. And people like, you know, my wife grabbed one for me because she thinks she's doing good, <laughs> you know? And she might have signed some, but oh, yeah. not yeah. all of them. No way. Yeah. Yeah, there's no c- certificate of authenticity, and even those are faked all the time, so it's pretty shady. But the fact that my local guy here told me that, like, people just buy it as a, you know, something to pair with the album. Like, they buy it on vinyl, they buy that too, and they download it. So, it, you know, one customer, you have three records sold to multiply that by millions and millions of fans. I mean, it's just like the album really will probably go diamond at that point. But it's a cheat code, right? It's not real. Who is your guy at the record store? You could say his name. Lou at Lou's Records. Oh, Lou, nice. Yeah, Lou's Records, yes. (laughs) Your guy. Everyone's got a guy. Yeah, we've all got a guy at the record store. Come on. (laughs) I mean, we do here at the Potty of Sleep podcast. I don't know about everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so big conspiracy. I'm very curious. I'd almost want to do like a full-on investigation because people are just getting ripped off right now, big time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yes and no. It's not like they're paying, you know, hundreds of dollars for them. They're paying 12 bucks for the CD. They're paying 12 bucks for the CD if the booklet happens to be signed, again, in quotation marks. Good, good, I guess. And maybe it's worth some money down the road. Who knows? I don't know. It just, I think as an autographed collector, it just diminishes the whole hobby. It's like, oh, an autograph doesn't have to be real anymore. It's just her name in Sharpie and anyone can write it. Like, that's not an autograph. What is that? I don't know. <laughs> it's her name yeah. written on a secondary. Hmm. Well, I know, like, uh, (laughs) this is bullshit. For some, like, autographs, it's like a stamp. You know what I mean? They'll get the autograph, they'll stamp it, and then that's just, and it's like, at that point, who cares? Right, right. Yeah. It's not special. No. So, did you come up with one? I do. I have one. And it it's similar but different. So record store day, we're all fans of record store day. We go to record store day. We look forward to the when the list comes out every spring and fall for either record store day in the spring or uh, the Black Friday version of it, which was clearly a cash grab. Um, I think, and I have no proof. This is just me spitballing. That when we see those lists and they put like one or two of those big band names on there, and they're like one of five hundred. There's five hundred prints of this 500 uh, pressings of this record i think that there are ones in there that don't exist to get people to go to the store what do you think about that (laughs) i'm trying to unpack this in my head (laughs) so like arbitrarily here bruce springsteen live at msg one of this 500 out there you're saying that they're just headline names to get people to go out that don't exist. Like, I'm, I'm excited for the Bruce one. I'm excited for this one. I'm excited for Rolling Stones, whatever. This live show from The Doors. And then you get there, and that Bruce one's just not there. Like, oh, well, I guess I wasn't here early enough. Or you stood in line, and the record store you went to didn't have it, which has happened to me before. Maybe they just don't exist, and they're just hype hype bringers. Mm. I feel like that would come out on IG. You know what I mean? Like Maybe. Here's a kind of piggyback to that. Yes. So say Bruce live at MSG or Asbury Park, whatever, 500. There ain't 500 of those. There's fucking 5,000. There's 10,000 yeah, of those. Yeah, that could, that could so be So you two. think you're yeah. special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's multiple ways this could go. The 10,000 thing or even just the unlimited limited thing. I mean, tool lateralis on, on wax, on vinyl. 
that is a limited sticker on it, but it's definitely not limited because it's been around forever and they right. keep pressing it. Right. So limited to what? I guess if you don't actually put a number on it, you're not necessarily lying. It's like the gray area there. Um, but to your point, Tony, yeah, I mean, maybe that's just a way to get people to the store, right? You advertise like, oh, you're already here at this point. I guess I might as, might as well spend some money. So, Or, okay, I'll take it one step further. Maybe to beef the list up, we get band names or bands in there that we've never heard of. Like, uh, we we joked, uh, we have a <laughs> we have an Instagram thread, too, just because we're always sending stuff back and forth to, that's pod-related. And the Hard Times put their uh, their festival announcement out yesterday. And I, I looked at it, and I was like, I don't know any of these. And then I looked at the dates, and I was like, this has got to be a troll. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> and sure enough, I, re- I like went to the link, and they were like, oh, this band's putting out you know, 25 years of wet cement. <laughs> like, this is so bullshit. This is this is such a troll. And the whole comment section was, I don't know any of these bands. This is bullshit. Like, who are these people? <laughs> it's like, it's the hard times, guys. You got to know this is coming. So maybe, a la that, we've got a couple of uh, names to beef up the list that just don't exist. And there's like, oh, one of, you know, 2,500 copies. But who, no one's heard of this band. They're not even real. Well, it's like... Uh... I don't know. Is it Kimmel or one of the late night, late night hosts does the man on the street and they'll like say stuff that's not real to get people and like people like, oh, oh yeah, I know yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That whole thing. Yeah, I think I Record Store Day started as a wholesome get back out to the record stores, buy something, see something cool, you know, get stuff pressed that maybe hadn't seen the light of day in a long time. And it's clearly become capitalists kind of like our festival episode not too long back nate said go early go to one of the first couple of years because they're trying to figure everything out and then you know 10 years in they're corporatized that's exactly what's happened to record store day yeah totally to the point where this last one was i think they had like eight sponsors like presented by like tito's vodka and all these like brands that have nothing to do with music yeah so fuck off <laughs> and and that, all of that being said, I'm gonna go when the July right. drop happens. Like I, I I still want stuff. I bought stuff this last time. I'll buy stuff at the next one. There's stuff that I'm always in search of, and if I can get my hands on it, yeah, I'm I'm in. But I definitely think it's uh, you know, this is one of those situations where there's some hype built around it just to get people into the door, and maybe stuff doesn't exist or, you know, is never gonna come to your place anyway. I think I think that's a good one actually. We'll have to ask your boy we'll Lou to... lose. <laughs> yeah. Well, he does give me some insight. And, and some of that insight is the fact that I ask him for certain records all the time. And if we're talking about it on the, on the podcast or, you know, we talked about them and I want to get it for, you know, promotion or something. And he's like, oh, well, let me look it up. He's like, oh, that's been on back order for two years or that's whatever. Yes. Cool. Yeah. All these real real time stats on drink on how long <laughs> it's going to take to get the record. If they're if it's ever going to come at all. And he's like, yeah, to, to be honest, you know, he said, I've been in this industry for a while and the resurgence of vinyl is so strong that even someone like the Beatles is having a hard time getting vinyl pressed. There's mm-hmm. just such a backlog and mm-hmm. such a demand. And a lot of these uh, record plants when on the downslope actually closed up and demolished and threw out all their equipment. So they can't even like start over because the equipment isn't even being manufactured anymore. So the ones that are still going are like one in a few with the exception of uh, Jack, Jack White's thing. So, yep, yep, yeah, it's pretty touchy. The whole vinyl thing. Well, it's like uh, Deftones put out that digital bath picture disc, mm-hmm. which is supposedly limited to um, 8,000. Mm-hmm. And at our local store, when I went, 
I mean, they were flush with them, flush. So I'm thinking to myself, well, how many independent record stores are there? How many how many outlets have this? And it's like, I swear the math wasn't adding up. Like the, I was like, there's more than 8,000 of these things out there. I think you can still get that today, too. And it's been a couple of weeks since that came out. Yeah. Yeah. Unless the stamp's on there. Like those, I think we were talking about the Incubus finals that I picked up. Like there is like a one of, you know, 700 or whatever on there. So that's kind of nice. Whether yeah, even that's not real. This one. Yeah. So, I mean. All sorts of shady stuff going on. <laughs> you can still get that at all but two Bull Moose stores. One of them's not even open, so. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so that was mine, yeah. All right, so I got another one here. You guys ready? Yep. All right, so this is not one that I came up with. I can't say it's my own brainchild. It's one that I remember hearing rumblings of years ago and then honestly forgot about this artist for a while, which is ironic because I've seen them twice. And the artist is... Andrew WK. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Do you guys know where I'm going with this? I might. Yes, I might. So this is kind of a two-for-one special here. All right. The first one is there's a conspiracy out there that Andrew WK is not one person. Andrew WK does not exist. Andrew WK is a character that people have fulfilled throughout the course of mankind. So that's the or first like one. the last twenty years. The last twenty years. <laughs> the second Andrew one. Andrew WK with the dinosaurs. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the second one ties with a house band, which I feel like we can have some fun with. Andrew W. This is the conspiracy. Andrew WK is the brainchild of Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl apparently wanted to create the perfect rock star, so he and his head concocted what ended up being. Andrew WK. So Andrew WK was the output. In fact, if you look at the credits of, I guess, the first couple Andrew WK albums, the executive producer, and I, I'm going to laugh even saying this, the executive producer is a guy named Steve Mike. And Steve is spelled S-T-E-E-V. Steve Mike. Oh, wow. And in scouring <laughs> the internet for this episode, no one knows who Steve Mike is. <laughs> He's Dave Grohl. <laughs> so the speculation is this is fucking Dave Grohl. It's an alias that he used to put Andrew WK out into the world. Because you remember, I mean, we all remember this. Andrew WK went, came out in the MTV era, mm -hmm. and it was yep. straight to MTV. It was party hard. Yep. No yep. one knew. Who, I mean, talk about industry plan. This guy is. That song is a banger, though. It is a banger. <laughs> I get wet. <laughs> yeah. He, and the cover was like his, he had a bloody nose. A bloody nose. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm going to pause there. Yep. I got thoughts. Have you guys heard of this stuff? Like A, a little bit of the Dave Grohl stuff, yeah. yeah. But not, I mean, not, I'm not super versed in it, but yeah, I, I, in, in searching for some stuff today, this one was one that passed my radar. And I thought to myself, if Dave Grohl wants, to make the perfect rock star, Andrew WK ain't it. <laughs> I mean, he was a cool novelty, right? right? That's, I mean, that's that's it. You nailed yeah. it. And uh, am I gonna buy seven records from Andrew WK? No, but you know, in the moment, I'm like, yeah, party hard school. It's a banger. I actually might listen to that on my way home tonight, just because it's been so long since I've heard it. But yeah, not the uh, not the perfect rock star. Sorry, Dave. I mean, he's more the perfect rock star. I, know, you know I, thought, I, mean? I thought that's where you were going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's Dave Grohl. But at the same time, though, right? It doesn't have to be 
you know, quintessential. It's just another project. It's like an, another probot. It's another, you know, them crooked vultures. Fucking so. probot, man. They get too much run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is a good conspiracy. Hmm. I have to think on this one for a while. So don't think too long, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of this producer. You, you, it's a fake oh, Steve, name. You think? Steve Mike. How is Mike yeah. spelled? M I C? No, M I K E. Oh, okay. All right. yeah. Okay. Never trust a man with two first names, especially when the first one's spelled wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's not Grohl, it's probably someone not that's not the Steve, Steve Mike guy. But like, um, I've seen him twice. I saw him actually. Nate, you might have. He was at one of the Warp tours. Andrew WK, he was main stage. I think it was that 20, uh, 2004, the 10 year one. And in true Andrew WK fashion, there was something funky on stage that I'd never seen before up to that point. Do you guys have any ideas what was going on on stage? No. Do you know, Nate? Uh, it was, this this was at Warped Tour 04. Yeah. Uh, It was either 04 or 05, but it was main stage Warped Tour where I, I witnessed this. Um, Shit, I don't remember what I want to say. Is it something with an like a animal? No, no. Okay, no, hopefully not. <laughs> no, that was a Steve-O jackass thing. Um, Ozzy Osbourne. No, it was uh, two full drummers, two full drum cassettes. He had two full drummers that were drumming in unison. I'm like, all right, Dave Grohl written all over it. The- <laughs> I know. Right? There we go. <laughs> Conspiracy confirmed. And then I saw him again in 2006, 2007 at, I don't know, Harper's Ferry or something in Massachusetts. And our, one of our uh, previous guests, Maddie Arsenal, his band, A Loss for Words, and um, the band Therefore I Am opened. And I will say, conspir- I'm doubling down on this conspiracy theory. Andrew WK was like the last one to come out. Like his band was out. Like he was like kind of hidden. So if it came out later that it actually wasn't him and it was an imposter, I would have believed. I, I would totally believe it. Oh, yep. man. And I don't know. Google his like pictures over the years. Like there's some funkiness going on there. Yeah. So I don't know. I I think I might believe this one. Both Why? Because his face is, is his face is always covered or something, right? I mean, I, I know the blood on the first one, but. No, just that it almost looks like a different guy. Oh, okay. A double. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, double take. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, this is I... Andrew W.Y. What the hell happened to Andrew W.K.? <laughs> Total, at minimum, industry plant to the nth degree. Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't know his story, but, like, he had, well, we talked about it with the itch, like, Rage Rage TV. There was a segment on M2 Rage TV. I think Andrew. There was Andrew TV. Like there was a whole segment. <laughs> like, who the wow. fuck is this guy and why? Like, nope. why is he getting the shine? But I did. I went to see him twice. So jokes on me. We get any more? Maybe wrap one up. Well, I I wanted to bring the the one that kind of spawned this whole segment together, just to kind of revisit it one more time, and it's the Ticketmaster fiasco with verified fans because I keep looking for tickets for upcoming shows and I'm starting to see that ticket prices are starting to fluctuate and these ticket prices, they don't fluctuate on an individual basis, like a verified fan. Like, you know what? I'm going to give someone a break and charge face value. They all kind of come down together and go up and down. (laughs) Obviously based on supply and demand. Right. And the more I investigate the Ticketmaster app, I start to realize different things. So lately I've been buying tickets for certain things or at least looking at tickets and they're very much like any search engine really like google right you know do you still want these we saw that you were looking at these <laughs> yep or like 
advertisements start popping up like, hey, you, you know, this is something you were, it looked like you were interested in. So these features are starting to pop up now on top of the supply and demand fluctuation in, in ticket prices in unison, like literally like the whole, everyone's marking it down by 10 bucks, which doesn't make sense. It makes no sense at all. And I kind of equate it to the Robinhood app where they're literally just watching you and they're selling your data. And they're like, this many people are thinking about buying this ticket, but they're not pulling the trigger. So, you know, in 72 hours, I'll lower the price another $15 and to see if people start buying. If not, we'll collectively lower the ticket even more. If there's high demand, oh, verified fan tickets, like 1500 bucks for this ticket. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> so I think what Ticketmaster is ultimately doing is just taking advantage of the situation and kind of reel it back to the whole conspiracy thing with big business. Everyone knows that, you know, tying it back to the pandemic, they all call it the plandemic, right? Because people on the top in uh, big business have kind of had the heads up before this all happened and we're planning accordingly. And this kind of fits into that just because, you know, they've used all this downtime to put new infrastructure into their whole system and uh, roll out this new Ticketmaster app, the verified thing, whether it's real or not. we all kind of know that it's not. And just going above and beyond in terms of capacity for the said shows, you know, now virtual, now you get a virtual ticket on top of the capacity. So like they're tripling their capacity numbers in venue. So yeah, just to, just to reel it back to Ticketmaster, they're the ultimate conspiracy theory because everything they're doing is just shady, but also very obvious if you're paying attention. And if you're on the app, you'll, you'll start to see these things I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, if, if the in unison thing is real, like if that's not just like, a conspiracy of its own if that's real then yeah it, it's i think that exposes it and i think you'd have to be a real nerd to pick that up which i think you are nate so kudos yep. to you <laughs> but like i think for me what this highlights is like data is king which we all know but yeah all these companies have you in segments it's like who's on the cusp of buying who's just browsing who do we need to f put the full court press on and once they know that, like, how long have you been, they know how long you've been looking at those Limp Bizkit tickets at the NH Pavilion or whatever. Like, it's crazy. And, like, once they know what your, like, propensity to spend is, too, like, ooh, all bets are off. Like, they'll know that, hey, if I can get a ticket for 49 bucks, I'm going to go see Durst. Like, that's, that's scary. Or, like, they know your spending habits. Yeah. Okay. This person, if it's a band they they've said they've liked or a band they've paid for tickets for in the past, let's make sure they get that pre-sale email. Oh you know, yeah. That type of thing. Or uh, let's hit them. Hey, tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. Uh, you know, two hours before, and then again at 10 a.m. You get to, oh, they're on sale now. Like, why aren't you buying them yet? So yeah, Ticketmaster, among others, it's not just them, but they've been gaming that system for a very long time, and. Uh, Bringing it back to this, Nate, that it, it's what we started talking about a couple a couple episodes back, probably seven or eight episodes back. This is totally what's happening. Uh, they own all those verified seats that were bought, put on their marketplace, and then able to fluctuate prices. Like the price was set, it was forty nine ninety nine or whatever, forty nine dollars even, and now we own it. We bought it, sold it back to ourselves, putting it on for you know. These seats are the good ones. They're seventeen hundred bucks. These seats are the bad ones. They're three hundred bucks, as they did with Pulse, uh, MGK, right? So, it's it makes me sick, <laughs> uh, especially when it's something that like you never had a chance to buy a ticket for to begin with. That's why when stuff goes on sale, at least around here, 
I'm just snapping them up early so that I'm paying, you know, face for them for the most part. And then all the garbage fees online. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's not even really many options to buy tickets in person anymore. You know, you go to the venue and they're like, no, 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 online sales only. And you're like, oh, great. Because I'm already locked down at this point, you know. Another thing is once you do buy tickets, I don't know if this has happened to you guys recently on uh, Ticketmaster slash Live Nation, but you'll buy the ticket, you'll get the confirmation, great. And then you'll get like a 15-step process before you can click out. At least this is what happened to me recently, where it's like, hey, sign up for you know a year for SiriusXM. Hey, you get freshly oh, for yeah. a year. Hey, yeah. you get this. And you're like, I just yeah. want to fucking get out. Like, I don't want right. any of this shit. Well, they're trying to, they're trying to catch you slipping, though. And you'll, yeah, oh yeah. you think you're opting out, but you're really, you signed up for it. Yeah, just because you clicked it. Yeah. Just that impression. I mean, Sends I, that signal I got to the three months of serious <laughs> for free and took it. And I know I know when the date is and I will cancel it, but not a lot of people will. They'll be like, oh shit, they charged me. They got my 15 bucks. And, you know, even if that happens, you know, a couple hundred times, maybe even more than that. Or you forget about it. You somebody that doesn't pay much attention to it has the money to forget about it. Holy shit! Yeah, a lot of people forget. And just to compare it to another platform, another company, really the only other major company in the industry is ASX. They own a venue here in San Diego, um, an arena, and it's so old school. You can tell they're behind the times, but it's kind of nice because it reminds me of like the old days where you choose your seats. You go on the website, it shows you all the sections that still have tickets. And then you can zero in or zoom into that section and actually pick your seats for face value or, you know, someone face value. But that's just like unheard of now because Ticketmaster just puts you in a generic section and like hopefully you get in or hopefully you don't get locked out. This literally you can choose your seats. So that's, I think, specific to ASX and maybe any other independent um, ticket agency or ticket provider. But I thought that it was kind of cool that, you know, there are other options. They just don't own the venues or have... Right. Anywhere yeah. close to the capacity. But. Right, right. Yeah, bashing Ticketmaster. We like to do that here. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, we're just calling them on their bullshit, and they've been called on their bullshit before. So uh, I'm sure, you know, 15 years from now, they'll they'll owe us all money again because they did something they shouldn't have. Well, and they they didn't even pay out that money. They like, never really did, yeah. Yep. Like, I remember applying the vouchers, and they limited, I think, how many you could use. Two per. Yeah, so four bucks, like... It cut out one of the service charges. Yeah. yeah. And now, if you go into the portal, you can't even you can't even enter those in or find out where your vouchers they're, are. They're gone. They it's died gone. in 2020. Yeah, yep. it's gone. And then the free shows, we're all out of state. It's like, okay, what are we doing? Yeah. Yep. 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 And the seats that were available were usually lawn, right? Nosebleeds. Yep. Yep. Yeah, comp, comp seats, basically. <laughs> Yeah, we ain't selling these, so uh, fill the room, please, so the artist comes back. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Well, that was a good uh, was a good idea, Nate. In fact, I think we should do round two down the road when we uh, totally. yep. can dig into this a little more. But I think we, we scratched the surface pretty good. Hell yeah. Yeah, the rabbit hole on conspiracy theories associated with music is uh, can go on for quite a while. We could be like the new Reddit of conspiracy theories for music. That's yes. <laughs> So if you do have conspiracy, some conspiracy theories that you've been kind of concocting in your brain, throw them our way. Hey, maybe we'll react to them on the next time we do this. Hell yeah. So I think we'll wrap it there, gentlemen. What do you think? Yeah, it's a good spot. Hit us on the socials. Hit us on Gmail if you got something. Uh, Party of Slave on the socials. Party of Slave podcast on the Gmail. And, you know, 
tell a friend, man, tell or or uh, anybody that's listening, tell somebody that that you know that likes music. If you like listening to us, that they they may like checking it out too. We're we've always got something kind of different. I hope for for you to listen to, uh, whether it be our takes on what's going on in the music world or stuff like this, where we've kind of come up with some random random nerdery in our own heads, and we want to spill the beans to you guys. So yeah, tell a friend. Yeah, and raise your hand if you hate Ticketmaster. <laughs> yeah, right. Cheers, everyone. See you, everyone. We'll see you next week. Peace, potheads. Peace. Peace.